Hello, sir. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I am good. I'm good. We had a little technical technical difficulties. Uh, yeah, sometimes um, it's like super easy to like follow, but sometimes it's like it'll ask you like weird questions. Like, oh, do you want to make a podcast? Do you want to just like listen to it? Do you want to like? Yeah, well, because like when I first opened it, it took uh, me to the web browser instead of the actual app, and okay. it wouldn't through the app, and it kept saying that it wasn't allowed to record audio, and I couldn't change it. Gotcha. Yeah, sometimes it's a little, it's a little weird if you try to like do it through like, like for some reason it tries to do it through the browser first instead of like through the app. Yeah. It's, it's a whole weird thing. But anyway, uh, welcome, sir, to my GBF with Mikey Sparkles. Uh, it's been I've been actually like super like trying to stay on top of like recording. I haven't recorded in a while, but okay. um, you know the people have been asking for more wrestling podcasts, more wrestlers to be on the show, so. That's what I have. Um, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mr. Dallas Quinn to the studio for the first time. What's good? What's good? <laughs> um, so, first of all, happy Pride Month. Uh, we'll get that out there because uh, for all the LGBTQ plus whatever the hell it is now. Um, yeah, the whole know, community. The whole thing. Awesome. Happy month to you guys. I mean, I think you guys, I, I'm, I'm part of that, but... Anyway, um, so happy Pride yeah, Month. Let's get that out of the way. Happy Pride Month. You know, I'm single and straight myself, but I support anybody in, you know, the Pride community. I support everything they do. You know, I know sometimes it's kind of tough to come out with that stuff, you know, but um, I think that in today's world, we're starting to get to a point where we can accept people for who they are, you know? Exactly, and, I, and that's all it's about. It's just about acceptance, and you know, I'm like, who, you know, it's all about, you know, love is love. Um, and you know, of course, on this podcast, we, you know, we talk to all people of all different walks of life. That's the uh, one of the reasons why I created this podcast. So, you know, anybody can come on. We talk about, I mean, we don't just talk about wrestling, we talk about like everything wrestling, yep. life, uh, starting businesses, divorces, all the fun stuff. Uh, all the fun stuff. <laughs> all the fun stuff. But anywho, ladies and gentlemen, so we have Mr. Dallas Quinn in the studio for the first time. Um, Dallas, so I actually met you for the first time um, recently uh, at the Houston Premier Arena. We were we were at the uh, when we had the showcase, the two day showcase. Yep, we were in a triple threat match together. We were. And you know what? People were a little uh, disappointed. They really wanted more of like a dance off between. Yeah. Uh, cause it was me, you and, uh, Kenny Calypso. Um, it was, a, it was a really fun match. I, I had a lot of fun, honestly. It was, it was really nice. And not to mention, you're like super easy to work with. I appreciate that. You know, I really do. And you guys are real fun to work with as well. You know, it was real easy working with you guys. The match I feel like was a great match. I think we all I thought it was too. Yeah. I feel like we put our best effort into it. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, especially when you, you know, it was an elimination, uh, just for the people at home. Uh, it was an elimination uh, triple threat match. Uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, him and Kenny got together and got me out of there pretty early, but that's okay. Uh, but you guys ended up having some really good ring chemistry. Um, I thought you guys had a really good match when it was just down to la- to you two at the end. Yeah, you know, and I think, you know, the whole match – Went pretty well. You kind of started off kind of hot, taking us out. So we kind of had to work together there to 
eliminate the, the greatest threat at the time, you know, and then me and him had to go toe-to-toe, and I've always wanted to kind of go toe-to-toe with Kenny ever since I got here to Houston, and that was kind of surreal being able to go with him, and I think him and I both have a very similar style, so I think it complemented very well, um, and luckily for me, I was able to come out on top on that one, but who knows, maybe next time, I mean, Kenny can go at it again, maybe all three of us can go at it again, you know, for me, hopefully the same outcome happens, but you know, never know, you know? Yeah, you never know with wrestling. Uh, that's one thing I like about wrestling. You, like, you know, you can go in there game plan, but <clears throat> you know, you can watch tapes on your opponents, and you'd be like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna go in there. I'm gonna game plan." Um, especially for me, I was the bigger guy in that in that match, so I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna take these two, you know, smaller guys out, no problems." Uh, but of course, I under you know underestimated, um, and then you know, especially you guys working together to get me out. So, um, but but it's always fun. Wrestling is always unpredictable. And that's one of the things, you know, one of the reasons why I fell in love with it. Um, so how long have you actually been wrestling? So what is this? It's 2021 now. Yeah. I started wrestling back at the end of like 2018. Okay. So I haven't been wrestling for too terribly long. So where did you where did you start wrestling at? So I got into the business in Cincinnati, Ohio, with with a promotion called the Northern Wrestling Federation, the NWF. I was was trained by a man named Roger Ruffin, who is one of the greatest people I've ever met in my life. He is a former WWE referee. I actually, I remember whenever I first walked into the facility, um, he had posters up, and it was of... Um, it was a picture of, I believe it was Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage at WrestleMania. And there was a ref there. And I said, man, what's this poster up here for? And they said, well, that ref right there is your trainer. And that was, it was Roger Ruffin. So he, back in his day, he was a referee for WWE. Oh, wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. That, uh, you know, to kind of get, you know, get your first, you know, your first start, your first training session with somebody who has that kind of, you know, history behind them. That's pretty, that's pretty awesome. Yep. And because of that, you know, he, he was able to bring in those times when you'd see a lot of bigger name people that had either been trained to his company or that he had met along the way, which was very helpful and helped me get to where I'm at today for sure. Well, that's awesome. Uh, so did you have any, like, did you do anything like athletic in school or like any military experience or anything like that? So, Right now, I'm currently in the military. Um, that's where I'm at right now, so I'm kind of double-whamming it. But, and when I was growing up in school, I was, I was in every sport. Mm-hmm. I was in wrestling. I was in football. I was in track. You know, I did, I did everything, everything I could. And then I went to college for a year where I was actually on – starter on the college rugby team as a freshman um and i would have been the starter on the wrestling team had i not gotten hurt at the national championship game of rugby wow but, wow that's that's pretty awesome so what uh what uh, branch of military are you in i'm currently in the army an army okay wow so what uh what made you want to join the military um i honestly have no idea <laughs> 
that kind of happens. Um, I had some setbacks with my wrestling career um, and had some stuff there. I was told that I would never be able to wrestle again due to certain injuries. And it was just kind of disheartening for me because wrestling was my, that was my lifeline. Um, And by the time I got cleared to where I was good to go back to action, I had spent all my time trying to rehab and stuff I had. Kind of like didn't have any money or anything, you know? Right. And so at that point, I decided to just hop on into the military to help pay for it, you know? Yeah, I mean, you know, the good thing about the military is one, you know, they, they, you know, they do help you financially and, you know, if you choose to go back to college, they help you with that. Um, yep. Also traveling and, and health insurance and all that good stuff. So, I mean, it's, you know, I, you know, from what you're saying, it, it did make sense to kind of go in the military because it was kind of like a means to an end. But, you know, in, in some ways it was still, I, I can see it still being helpful to your wrestling career because one, you're still having to go to physical, tra- you know, training all the time, um, you know, kind of staying active. Uh, plus, you know, um, it, you know, whenever you do get the chance to, you know, be stationed other places or have to go to other places, it's also another uh, chance for you to reach out to other wrestling federations too, wherever you're stationed at too. Yep. Because, so. yeah, it, it kind of sucked, you know, whenever I did join and when I had to leave Cincinnati, because uh, I had gotten so many good connections where I was at, you know, I had. Brian Pillman Jr. came in, I remember, one training session, and it was a day I'll never forget. Um, and this man, you know, he's wrestling on AEW now. And at the time, he wasn't quite there yet. Um, well, that's that's the area he was from. He was from Cincinnati. And, well, Kentucky, northern Kentucky, because that's where I actually stayed was northern Kentucky. But down in that area, it's all kind of put together. They're right next to each other. Um, and... He came in and he's just helping us train, and he came into our training sessions all the time. And uh, after, at the end of the day, he came up and he said, "You know, you got some fire." Uh, and Hart said, "I appreciate that." And I asked him, and I said, you know, Brian, are you willing to help me and help train me and teach me some of that?" I can do that because you you show that you want stuff from this business. So it shows that you have that fire and that. And ask him, so that's what gets important. If it's not their you know, natural abilities and natural skills, it's the, the heart and the passion and the drive to keep going and the, the push to get to the top. You know, and, and ever since that day, uh, I, I kind of look up to Brian Pennington because he kind of helped take me under his wing. And, and you know, he helped me anytime he was in a training session. I was always working with him. I was always by Brian Pennington. The best type of advice I can get from them, you know? Right, exactly, exactly. Um, <clears throat> so where, so where, are you actually from Kentucky, or like where are you actually, where were you actually born at? So I was actually born in Wichita, Kansas. Okay. Uh, so I, I was born in Kansas. I'd made my way from Kansas, Indiana, and then from Indiana to northern Kentucky, Cincinnati area. Wow. And then how'd you end up in Texas? So that's where... I got stationed with military. Okay. Uh, after I had joined, I was already on kind of my hiatus from wrestling mm-hmm. already from the stuff that had happened. And then I went on another long hiatus from for basic training and AIT and stuff. And 
got the stationed in Fort Hood, Texas, and now I'm here. Wow. And so, how did you um, how did you find the uh, PWF or the Houston Premier? How did that how did that relationship form? So, I had when I got here, I just I started about I want to say halfway through basic training. Honestly, mm-hmm. you know, basic training kind of really brings out a new side of people. You know, it's basic training is meant to break you down, build you back up. You know? So there's always a point in time where people just, they, they start thinking about different things and they get their, getting their emotions and feelings and stuff. And I'd gotten to a point about halfway, three quarters of the way through basic training. I said, I should have never gave up on the wrestling. You know, I should have found a way to stick with it in Cincinnati. You know, after everything, I should have stayed there and that. Uh, so I made it a point that when I got to my first duty station, that I was going to get back into business. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it kind of scared me at first, you know, because I was like, I haven't, I was at one point told I would never wrestle again. You know, I, there was a point in time where I thought that that was the possibility that I would never wrestle again. Mm-hmm. And when I got to Fort Hood, I called up Brian Pillman Jr. Um, he was one of the first ones I called. Um, and I talked to him. And I said, you know, I really want to get back into it. I don't know if you know anybody over here in Texas or anything like that, any advice you can give me. Um, and he said, what you got to do is you just, he said, look at Houston. And so Houston is very big. That's where uh, Booker T's promotion's at. Um, look into that and start messaging people and let me know what happens. And so I started looking at wrestling promotions in Houston, Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was Googling places, and I found Booker T's promotion. Um, I'd sent them a message and stuff, but I'd never gotten any answer back. And then I'd sent um, PWF a message because they were another one that I'd found. And that's whenever they messaged me back. And they asked me to come in for a tryout. And uh, so I came in on the day of one of the shows. I'm not quite sure which show it was. Um, but they had me come in and kind of before the show showcase what I could do. And then I got to sit in the crowd as a fan that day. Awesome. So when did you, uh, so what, so how old were you when you had your first like wrestling match? Like, like you've already done training, you did all this now like, all right, cool. Hey, you're going to go out there in front of a live crowd and put on the show. So I had my first match whenever I was 20 years old. Um, so and it was it was a little bit after um, my twentieth birthday, so mm-hmm. not too far after that was whenever I had my first match, and that was that was a surreal moment for sure. Were you like super nervous? I was. I was yeah. indeed. And uh, who was your first opponent? So my first match was a tag team match. Um, one of my good friends. Uh, wrestles in the name of Star Rider. Um, he, I came in. I came in as a mask gimmick under the name of Kid Comet. Uh, that's what I was wrestling as, and I came in as his tag team partner, his protege. You know, he taught me everything he knew, and we were wrestling two guys by the name of uh, it was Big Cuz and Andre Makarov were the guys' names. And Big Cuz is a seven-foot-tall monster guy. Um, sadly, he just recently retired from wrestling due to concussions, which makes me a little sad. You know, he was 
my first guy that I'd ever, one of the first guys I'd ever wrestled. And probably in the first year of my wrestling, I wrestled him and his tag team partner more than I wrestled anybody. Right. Yeah. But it was, it was a surreal moment that I got to spend with my tag team partner and two great heels in the business. Well, that's awesome, man. Um, yeah, some, you know, <clears throat> you know, unfortunately, you know, as wrestlers, you know, that, and that's why I, I try not to, one, um, do too much stuff in the ring, just because I want to have a nice, long, you know, wrestling career, which I mean, it doesn't matter. You can have a nice, safe match all the time. It, anything, any freak accident can happen. Any freak in, injury can happen. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, but I was pretty much in your same boat. I I was in the middle of a tag team match, uh, which is kind of funny because I'm actually making my return back to the promotion where I was trained and got started at uh, USWX this Saturday. Um, me and my tag team partner at the time were defending our belts, and I, I couldn't even tell you exactly what happened because I wasn't doing any kind of wrestling move or anything athletic. I was simply – I was uh, – I, some guy had me in a uh, uh, a headlock, and I was just getting up. I was just getting up. You know how you like kind of sit on your butt and you kind of just get up. Mm-hmm. Just literally getting up, and all of a sudden my left ankle just like went all the way to the right side, and I was just like, "What mm. the fuck? Like, what the fuck is this shit?" So yeah. in my mind, I'm thinking like, "Oh, like you know." I remember like running playing tag as a child, I'm tri- tripping over a tree stump and my foot kind of goes like one way. You kind of just walk it off and it's fine. So I get up and I'm just like, oh, it's fine. I try to walk and it goes the other way, completely the other way. And I was Man. just like, oh, I'm all the way fucked up. And, yes. you know, of course some wrestling they teach you, like no matter what's going on, you know, especially, you know, de- depending on the circumstance, don't ever stop. Just do what you gotta do, communicate what you gotta communicate. Cut it short, bring it home, or you know, do what you gotta do. Yep. So I ended up just uh, whispering to my opponent at the time, and I was like, "Hey, um, I just broke my shit. I need you to do your move. Pin me one, two, three, take it home." And he was like, "What?" I was like, "Yeah, I just broke my fucking ankle." He was like, "Shit." And luckily, his his finisher at the time was just a simple like elbow drop. Um, but yeah, it was crazy. So I was on the shelf for over a year. Um, you know, so I kind of, I kind of identify with you, like when, you know, when a doctor's like, oh no, you're, you shouldn't be wrestling ever again. You should stop wrestling now. You know, I couldn't walk for six months. You know, I was really depressed. So, um, and, 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 you know, being, being an athlete, especially like when you, when you're getting to that point where like you're finally getting noticed and all of a sudden this weird injury happens and sides on you for a little bit, um, it takes a mental toll on you as well. So, during those injuries, yeah, during those injuries, so exactly what what injuries were there that they told you that we're going to keep you from wrestling? If you don't mind talking about it. Um. So with me, mine was actually uh, an injury that I'd had since birth. Um. I was born with a with a brain disorder, a very rare brain disorder. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was supposed to be just a thing as a child, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, it came back as I grew older and while I was wrestling in Cincinnati. Um, and, you know, the brain problems are nothing to mess with, you know. Yeah, exactly. uh, 
Like I, when I got rid of it as a child, I thought it was gone for good and it came back. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of just threw me for a loop, you know, wrecked my whole world there for a while. Um, and it was kind of a surreal moment, you know, having a very scary moment, I guess you could say, not really surreal. Yeah. Just having to go through that whole process again that I had to go through as a child. Um, you know, growing up and thinking that this thing was going to follow me for my entire life and keep me from doing what my dreams were. Luckily, I was able to keep that from happening, you know, and to fight back and to stay healthy and stay strong, you know? Well, that's good, man. I'm glad uh, glad you're okay now. Um, So uh, how was your mental state and, you know, having to deal with that, you know, having to be like, oh, you know, hey, I'm, I'm wrestling, I kind of found my passion, and then to have, like, you know, this thing try to, like, come back and pretty much, like, try to defeat you, um, and then did you have a good support system around you at that time as well? So, I did, you know, I did have a good support system around me, because um, I was scared at first I wouldn't, because as a little kid, you know, my mom was that one that was there that kept me, kept me going as a kid, you know, the one that was there the whole time. Uh, she was the whole reason I got into wrestling to where my dream of wrestling formed was around her. Um, and she wasn't there. She passed away a little while back and she was not there when it came back. And it just kind of scared me that, you know, that, that one anchor, that one strong rock that was there as my child was not there anymore. Um, and I, like, I felt like a huge little kid, you know, like a huge baby. I was like, you know, I need my mom. And, you know, my mom was not here to help take care of me. You know, I was young, 20-year-old, 21-year-old uh, at the time. And it just luckily I had some good friends and some people there that supported me and was had my back the whole time. And as far as the mental state, um, you know, me- mental health, it's no joke. Uh, I know there's mental health awareness that's going on a lot these days. Um, and I support that full-heartedly as um, an athlete that suffers from mental health problems at times. Um, it's not like I'm, I'm not like some crazy, crazed person that's going to go crazy or anything like that. It's just, you know, you got depression and anxiety. Um, and with the military, there's times, you know, I have... PTSD, you know, and um, it's just mental mental problems are a big thing, you know, because sometimes they're they're so subtle. Um, yeah, I've got good friends from the military, you know, who have suffered from you know very bad mental problems, and they ended up taking their own life for it, you know. Um, and I've come close to that at times, but luckily I'm able to stay strong, you know, and I'm not saying the people that end up taking their own life aren't strong. Um, it's just, you know, they, they lost the battle is all that is. I'm fortunate enough to have not lost that battle. Um, and it just, it comes down to, I, I had people who could see through me, you know, and was able to help me when I needed it. Um, and I'm thankful to those people, you know, I kind of feel like I am indebted to them for the rest of my life for helping me out at my lowest points, you know, and, but now as of right now, you know, I, I don't think, 
mental illness ever goes away. Um, and I don't think that the brain disorder that I suffered as a child has anything to help with this. I think it might be part of the cause. Um, but it's, I don't think it's something that ever goes away. I think it's just something that you deal with um, and you learn to be able to cope with better. Um, some people have different types of coping mechanisms, you know, like some people deal with their depression through the depression medications and other people like, like me, I find my cure for depression is my wrestling, you know, because when I, when I step foot in that ring, you know, and I look at the crowd, that's, that's something that, that makes me happy, you know, and that's, that's what my drive is, you know, is making, putting a smile on the face of those pains. You know, um, and I'm glad you brought up the, you know, the, the, the wrestling as almost like a therapeutic, um, you know, kind of uh, uh, source. Uh, I talked to uh, Maniac um, a few episodes ago on my podcast, and we, we kind of dove really heavy into like the mental, you know, mental health awareness, because I think at that point, I think it was Mental Health Awareness Month at the time that we did our episode, but, um, you know, uh, Maniac has always been very uh, open about his, you know, his, his fight with mental uh, instability, mental issues. Um, so, you know, as, as, as I feel like most people um, suffer with some sort of mental issues, whether, I mean, whether it just be depression or, you know, whatever, um, it is something that is a constant battle. Um, but I know for sure wrestling for me as well has also been like a very good outlet for me. Um, you know, it's just something about performing in front of a crowd. I mean, I don't care if it's like five people, 10,000 people, it doesn't matter. Um, just going out there and being able to showcase this persona, this gimmick that I have worked hard to come up with. Um, and, and for people just to, you know, just to kind of relate to my character or just to see or, or just hear my music and just know that it's me you know sometimes that that sort of satisfaction um it, it just it, it you know it, that it just kind of gets it gets to you and it makes you feel really good about yourself even when you're feeling really shitty about yourself for whatever reason um so wrestling has definitely saved lives i definitely believe that and i'm really happy that wrestling is also your you know kind of your relief kind of your um Kind of like your therapy as well. Um, I think it's yep. therapy for a lot of us guys because a lot of people like a lot of people say uh, you got to be kind of fucked up in the head to like want to wrestle a bunch of guys and like, slam yourself into this and that. And you got to be a little crazy to want to be a professional wrestler, but you know. Yep. But I mean, you know, for me, where I first got that that urge to want to wrestle, you know, I was because you know I said I how I had my problems as a child, and when those really really started taking an effect was right around the age of the, where, you know, kids start wanting to do all that cool, fun stuff, you know, and they start mm -hmm. developing dreams, you know, like, I want to be a president, I want to be an astronaut, you know, like, that, that young age where they're like, I'm going to be this when I grow up, you know, and at that time, my mom was a very big wrestling fan, you know, she loved to watch WWE, me and my cousins, we would always think we were the, the hot shits in the backyard, you know, as we wrestled with each other. And I remember coming home from a doctor's visit um, and hearing the doctor tell me that 
I would never really amount to much, you know, that I would never be able to play sports, that I would never amount to anything pretty much as a human being because of this brain disorder. Um, and I went home and was just real sad, you know, and I remember watching wrestling that night and my mom asking me, you know, because I was real sad and she said, well, what's wrong? And I remember we were watching Randy Orton, Ray Mysterio, Dave Batista, you know, Triple H back when they were younger and in their prime, early 2000s. And I remember looking at my mom. I said, I want to be one of those one day. But the doctor says I can't. And my mom looked at me with tears in her eyes. And she said, you know what? If that's what you want to do, then don't let anybody tell you you can't. You're going to be one of those someday. And so, you know, I, I believed her. And I grew up, and as I grew up, the dreams started to fade. Um, You know, sometimes that happens with people growing up. And when my mom passed away the summer before my freshman year of high school, I remember going to her funeral, looking at her in her casket, and I remember telling myself, you know, I was bawling my eyes out like a little baby, and I I told myself, I'm going to follow my dreams. That's what you wanted me to do. And even knowing... People have told me I would never be able to do it. Um, at that time, I had already come up, overcame it from my childhood. Uh, and said, I'm, I'm not going to stop. And I'm going to start right now on working towards becoming a professional wrestler. And that's whenever I started getting big into my sports in high school with the wrestling and the football and the track and all that. And that's how I got set on my course for where I'm at today. Wow. That's really inspiring, man. Um, you know, I'm really, <clears throat> I'm really happy to see that you're, you know, you're still following your dreams. You're still going after it. Um, you know, a lot of people, sometimes they get setbacks and sometimes they don't recover from those. So it's really awesome and really inspiring that you're able to, you know, kind of, you know, deal with that, take it and just kind of mold it into motivation to go after your dreams. Yeah, I appreciate um, it. Um, <clears throat> so, your first gimmick was you said Kid Promise. You said Kid Comet. Kid Comet. Kid Comet. Okay. Yeah. So how did that? So was that? How long did you run with that with that particular character or that particular gimmick? So I ran with that the whole time that I was in Cincinnati. Um, and then when I first came here to Houston, my first match in Houston was this Kid Comet. And then I just recently you know, discovered the 80s, you know, and I found out that Dallas Quinn was where my heart truly was at, you know, and living in the 80s and being the groovy flies to the fly. You know, and that's that's where I'm at today. So what is the difference between Kid Comet and Dallas Quinn? So Kid Comet... Um, Oh, that was just like kind of like a start, you know. Um, I was a very athletic person, a very high-flying type guy, uh, luchador type person. So whenever I first started, this, this, this is what we think would be good for you. Um, and we need somebody to team with him. We need him as a tag team partner. And so I started working with my tag team partner, and then that's how, that's how the Kid Comet came around. Um, and that was just based more off of my capabilities of physical capabilities, you know, um, 
And so that's what I always tried to showcase in the ring was my physical capabilities, kind of doing some stupid stuff at times. And it got me in trouble. You know, I, I just recently called one of my uh, old trainers back and thanked him because I remember, you know, his name Pompano Joe. And he used to be my trainer. And Pompano Joe, he would always, down in Cincinnati, he'd always tell me, it's not about the moves. You know, you're doing too much. You're doing too much. You know, you don't need to be doing all this crazy stuff. It doesn't make sense. You know, focus on the little things first and let that stuff come. And the time I thought I knew everything, I was rushing the business. And, uh, you know, I, I know what I'm doing. And then I got down here and I, came, I found this, found Dallas Quinn. You know, I found, found that. Dallas Quinn is more of me as a person. You know, is as my athletic ability, because sure I can still do all the flashy moves if I want. And heck, you see me finish King Clips, I will uh, sport like moves golf. You know, and it isn't the easiest move in the world to do. But, uh, I, I could do all the flashy moves that people like Chris Carter and stuff like that. Do, but I think was I'm thankful for the training that I received, the old-fashioned training mentality that was instilled in me through Roger and Brian Pillman and the people that I was introduced through those guys that mm. it's not all the moves. You know, the wrestling is more about telling the story than it is about the moves. Um, exactly. Exactly. Ever since I started this Dallas Quinn, you know, I called Brian Pillman. He's the guy I always go to anytime I want advice on anything. And I went to him whenever I first started with this gimmick and asked for his advice and he said, well, with, with this gimmick, You've got to be more over the top with your gift, with your character. Mm-hmm. You can't be all, it's not all about the flashy move. So look at Ric Flair. You know, if you look at Ric Flair, he was more of a character they got. Ric Flair, mm-hmm. entire career was, you know, he was the style and profile. You know, he had the, the, uh, yeah, really, yeah, he was really showy, really ostentatious. Yep. Exactly. Well, and so when you, you think of Ric Flair, you think of his promos, you think of the way he talked, the way he walked, the, everything he did. You know, move-wise, he didn't do a whole lot of big moves. Like, you look at the moves that he did, he chopped. Like, mm-hmm. his big thing was chopping in a figure four leg lock. You know, he yep. did some low blows, but that went with his character because that was all character work. You know, it was exactly. the game, you know? He focused more on character work and it turned him into one of the best wrestlers today. You know? mm-hmm. I, mean, I think all, if you look at all, all the people that you can label as the greatest wrestler of all time, um, most of them, all of them, were not one of those people that's, oh, let's go do these flashy moves. It was all gimmick-based people. You know, you've got The Rock. You know, that was, his gimmick was what got him over. You know, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Stone Cold Steve Austin was he was all right, you know, when he was but whenever he won that King of the Ring card, you know, and he changed his whole Steve Austin, you know, won the King of the Ring tournament, became that badass, and everybody else for that gimmick is what made him famous, you know. Right. And you can say that about his gimmick. The list goes on. It's something that a lot of younger guys, I think, could help to learn from. You know, that it's not about the moves, it's not about the moves. 
Um, it's it's about telling the story and about your giving. Exactly. Focus more time on that stuff. Eventually, people are going to get tired of seeing you do the same flip over and over and over again. You know, like sure you can do a triple front flip into an elbow drop, but after seeing that for the thousandth time, it kind of gets boring. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, I say gimmick work is is. You know, I, sometimes I feel like gimmick work is more important than. I mean, of course, you want to have your you know your physical work. You, you want to make sure your cardio is good, but you know, really having your gimmick go over is important because that's where you tell the story. That's where the tor- the storytelling of wrestling comes in, and you got you got to be able to tell a good story in order to be a good wrestler. Uh, that, that was, uh, is your can you get a little closer to your mic? I think I'm having a little trouble hearing you. Oh, is this better? Uh, a little closer. I'm sorry, like my phone's kind of like messed up with everything. So is this better? This is as close as I can get to it. Uh, let's see. Hold on, let me try something. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. Hey, what's up, man? Hey, how's it going? It's going good. Welcome back to the show. We had some uh, technical difficulties, uh, but we're back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's been a day since uh, since our last uh, recording. Uh, I'm going to yeah. slice all this together. But we're back. Welcome back to Mikey Sparkles. Uh, wait, I did that wrong. <laughs> Welcome back to my GBF with Mikey Sparkles. Uh, we had some technical difficulties, but we're back with Dallas Quinn. Um, trying to figure out where we left off. Um, we pretty much got like your origin story, how you got into wrestling, uh, matches, uh, who trained you. Um, we also talked about um, you joined the military as well. Uh, yeah. We talked talk about your support system. Uh, we talked about um, your uh, your uh, brain um, uh, disorder that kind of you know kind of sidelines you for a little bit. Um, yeah. So, um, other than that, 
Is there so as far as wrestling goes now, um, is there anybody like right now, like who would be like who would be your top three people you would want to face in a match? Um well I definitely have to say Brian Pillman Jr. Uh just okay. simply from him training me, you know, and teaching me everything I know it I think that'd be that'd be super cool, you know, to be able to do that on like a big stage. Um, I just feel like that would just make things come full circle. Um, you know, if I ever got the chance I, to wrestle Rey Mysterio, I would never pass that up. You know, like that, it's like one of my biggest idols uh, growing up, you know, because when I was a little kid watching him, you know, he was the, the small underdog always going against the, the bigger guys, you know, winning, mm. winning the championships. And that always gave me hope as a, kid, you know, so being able to step in the ring with him would be would be something special. Um, if I had to pick a third person, uh, you know, it's honestly it's hard to say. There's just mm. so many great athletes out there. Um, but if I had to pick one, I'd like to say Jeff Hardy. Um, okay. You know, Jeff Hardy's also a big idol of mine. Uh, and I think I think a lot of my character, my, you know, I get a lot of, I don't necessarily say my character, you know, but I feel like, I'm not saying I, like, try to follow in the footsteps of Jeff Hardy, but, you know, being that, like, that daredevil that Jeff Hardy always was, like, that's something I've always wanted to be, you know, always kind of, like, put my life and limb on the line to entertain the fans. It's always intrigued me, you know? Exactly. You're always, you're, <clears throat> you're always willing to kind of go that, uh, go that extra mile, be like, ah, oh, you know, I'm not, Wake up with like a you know like a uh, a broken rib tomorrow, but it'll be worth you know kind of it's kind of worth it to see the fans you know engaged yep. and and really entertained by by your performance. But that's awesome. Yep. Yeah, that, that's a that's a that's a good solid three. Absolutely. Um. So, oh gosh, uh, I just blanked for a minute. I'm trying to think what other questions. Um. So on the current PWF roster um is there anybody that you want to face that you haven't faced already um well for a while it was kenny um but i got that privilege of facing off against him uh i mean honestly i'd i'd like to step in the ring with just about any of them you know and i feel like Mm. a lot of them i could have a lot of fun with, you know, Maniac, I think, is another good one that I think I could have a lot of fun in the ring with Maniac. Um, you know, just kind of, I look at the roster and there's just, there's a lot of talent that yeah. PW has. And I think if I were to step in the ring with just about any of them, I think I could, you know, give them a run for their money at least, you know, and I think we'd put on a hell of a show for sure. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I'm kind of like to see you and I don't know if it's happened already yet, but you and Chris Carter, I feel like that would be an interesting match. I think that would be very interesting. You know, we both got about that size. You know, we're both very athletic. Uh, I think that would be an amazing match. I was thinking that too, you know, as I was talking about it. Uh, you know, that'd be awesome to be able to go against Chris Carter. Um, as long as, you know, if it was just me and Chris Carter, you know, you got his other little hooligans there with them then it might be might not be as 
entertaining, you know, but one-on-one, I think it would definitely be a Dallas, what's up? How's it going? It's going good. You know what? I'm starting to think that, like, our chemistry is just so good and that, like, you have such a compelling story that, like, the audio equipment and recording equipment is just like, look, we can't handle this. It's just too much. <laughs> it's too much going on. We can't deal with it. It's, it's, it's just the drip is just too, like, the sauce is just so real. Like, we just can't take it. Um, but, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're back again. This is, we're going to go ahead and close it up here. Uh, but uh, Dallas, first of all, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. I mean, I know it's been like a two-day period of trying to get all this done, but um, yeah, it's a we, you know, I, I think people are really going to love like your origin story. Um, you know, it's very inspiring, you know what I'm saying? And it was very real and raw, and I think a lot of people can relate to that. So I'm, re- I'm really excited to release this episode. Um, so I appreciate you coming on. Uh, do you have any upcoming bookings or any any appearances anytime soon coming up? Um, honestly, like right now, I'm not 100 percent sure where I'll be at. You know, I'm taking it as I as I go right now. I'm kind of like nursing off an injury that happened at my last match, which I should be good to go here soon. Um, I'll be at you know PWF at their next show. I don't know if I'll be booked or not, but I might show up, you know, sell a few shirts, you know, whatever I got to do, at least support the other guys. Um, you can come see me at AWR in Austin, Texas. I wrestle there every now and then. Um, here in August, TCW will be starting up. Um, I'm hoping to be getting full swing into that. And like I said, of course, PWF, I wrestle with them whenever they typically whenever they uh, have shows, so you can catch me at any of those, and then of course any other bookings I can get my hands on. You know, I'd like to just love being in the ring and wrestling, but awesome. nothing really set or in particular. Awesome, awesome. Um, and what is your Instagram handle where people can follow yeah. you on Instagram? Yeah, so on on Facebook you can just look up. Dallas Quinn uh, on Instagram. Just look up the underscore Dallas underscore Quinn and you'll see my bright smile and face on there. Just give me a follow. Like some of my photos, videos, you know, send some love my way. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, for those of y'all uh, fearless uh, pro wrestling, which I'm, I'm also a co-promoter of, uh, we will be back. Actually, I say back. We're, our show is coming back, but we're actually going to be in a new uh, place this time. Um, we're not sure if it's going to be a permanent place or whatever, but it kind of fell into our hands. Uh, for the first time, Fearless Pro will be doing, I believe we're calling it Rumble at the Ranch. Uh, we have some exciting uh, matches planned, so and of course I'll be in action. Uh, possibly, uh, you know, if, if you know, if things happen, um, Mr. Dallas Quinn may be there. Um, but we're excited about that. We're, we're going to be doing it closer to our hometown of Beaumont, Texas. Um, but we're excited. We're excited to kind of be closer to home. Uh, I know a lot of people ask, like, oh, we'd love to come to the show, but we, you know, sometimes it's kind of hard to get to Houston or Dallas or Austin, wherever we are. Um, so it's exciting to kind of be a little closer to home. 
I'm excited just to kind of see what crowd we can draw in. Um, but yeah, we're excited. So July 31st, Fearless will be having Rumble at the Ranch. It'll be in Winnie, Texas. I'll uh, just follow my Facebook and my Instagram. Um, I'll link whenever we get like, you know, directions, time, you know, whatever time we're starting, all that fun stuff. Um, but yeah, it's been exciting. Thank you so much for joining another episode of My GB Up with Mike Sparkles. Again, this has been Mr. Dallas Quinn with me. And yeah, again, happy Pride Month to everybody. And Dallas, hopefully I'll see you soon. Yeah, hopefully, you know, I'm just going to keep going on this little comeback run I'm on and hopefully I get to see you again sometime down the road in the ring. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And this time, I want, I think, like, we deserve, like, a one-on-one match for sure. I agree. I agree. Full-heartedly. Absolutely. Well, have a good one, brother. Thanks again for doing this, and stay safe. Thank you, you too. Thanks for having me. All right, brother.